You're listening to an audio message from The Well, a gospel-centered church family in Hastings, Nebraska that exists to grow disciples and glorify God. For more information, please visit www.thewellhastings.com. It's really, a, it's really all good. This is a glorious day. Do you agree? This is, a door, a lay, this is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Yes, that's absolutely what we need to be doing today and every day. Rejoicing that the Lord has been with us and guided us and brought us to a place where we can come together and worship him today. You don't have to be in church to worship the Lord. Corporate worship is fantastic. It's a great reminder of where we've been and where we're going. It gives us some direction. We have a lot of people that can come around us and keep us accountable to what we say we want to do. And we can do those things because the Lord has put those in our path to do. Joe gave me a list of what ownership for this church looks like. I don't know how many of you are members of the church or you're contemplating becoming members of the church, but these ideas that he gave me are fantastic. I love the way that he put this out and how he's trying to teach. It starts off with being a growing believer. To be a growing believer, what do you gotta do? Might wanna read your Bible, pray, do stuff like that. To be a growing believer, you need to start trying to understand the Word of God, understand the messages that He's giving you. That's a growing believer. If you don't understand something, you are still a growing believer because you're looking for that answer. Do you agree? Good, because we're going to go into one of the most complicated things I've ever had to teach and ever had to preach, and it's, the, it's grace and God's grace. I do not understand God's grace most of the time. Most of the time. I have to research. I have to find scripture that helps guide me into a place where I can see that the grace of God is the only thing that passes, that allows all the other gifts that God wants to give me to take place. So as we go through this, there's a lot of scripture. There's Bibles in front of you. Good luck keeping up because there's a lot of different scripture here. In uh, 2 Corinthians 9.10, my grace is sufficient for you, for power is perfect, or is perfected in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, I will, I, would, I will rather boast about my weaknesses, so that the power of Christ may dwell in me. Therefore, I am well content with weakness, insults, distresses, uh, with persecutions, difficulties, for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. We can endure those things because of the grace of God. When he says that my grace is sufficient for you, this was Paul right after he'd asked God three times to remove the thorn from his flesh. And the answer was, no, it's there for a reason. Just go on. My grace is sufficient, Paul. Um... I feel that way a lot of times. I want things to go away, the things that are hurting me, the things that are bothering me, the things I struggle with. I want them to disappear. I want a miraculous healing to happen right now. Well, uh, my right now and God's time are never the same thing. 
or if they are the same thing, I'll mess it up somehow. But with all of this, if I can learn to deal with all the distresses that come in my life, all the persecutions that happen to me, uh, the difficulties, I have to remember that I'm doing this. This is coming on me for Christ's sake. As a believer, I will be attacked. As a believer, I will have trouble. Same goes for you. If you are a believer in Jesus Christ, this is not going to be just a peaceful walk in, in the park. Um, Satan really doesn't want to see a growing Christian anywhere. And he's going to put all kinds of stumbling blocks in our path. But uh, in Romans 3.24, uh, being justified as a gift by God's grace through redemption, which is in Jesus Christ. That being justified in Christ, that's a gift from God. It's, you know, what's the best present you got for Christmas? Does anybody remember what they got for Christmas? Like a house or a car or something like that? That's not fair. But you do? Huh? What? You remember? What was it? Okay. Those are important. I'm, I'm not sure, exactly sure how, but uh, somehow they're biblically important. I'm positive of it. <laughs> no, but if we think about it, the, great, the, the gift that God gave us when Jesus Christ was born is the biggest gift that he's given anybody. He gave away his son himself to us to die for us. Um, absolutely a group of unworthy, unholy, unrighteous, unjustifiable people. And he gives us justification through Jesus Christ, which means I am righteous, even though I'm not. There's where grace starts to come in and take over because I am not so many things, but Christ is all things. Let's say 1 Peter 1.13, therefore, uh, prepare your minds for action. Keep sober in spirit. Fix your hope completely on the grace to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. When Jesus Christ becomes real in your life, when Jesus Christ becomes not just your Savior, but your Lord, those are two totally different things. Christ is my Savior, is my fire insurance. I'm not going to hell because I really believe in Jesus Christ. Christ, my Lord, uh, he's my general. He is my, he's my commander, my chief. He's my all. I want to do for and whatever he puts in front of me. I know it's a task that he has for me. I know it's a task that I don't have to do by myself. I know that Jesus Christ is not a general that's in the back of the line. He's the general with a bugler in the front of the line calling us into a battle that we do not understand. If you read to the end of the book, Jesus wins. Okay. So that's always a good thing. <laughs> Just jump to the back of the book. Jesus wins. There's, there's so many things we, gotta, we have to go through in this. Now, when we get grace... It's because we've already been given another gift. Do you know what that is? 
It's faith. You can't receive grace without faith that you ever possibly could receive grace. So, faith, um, let's see. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not, not of yourself, it is a gift from God, not as a result of works, so that no one may boast. I can't buy faith. I can't work hard enough to get faith. I can never do enough to really deserve faith. But the faith that God pours into me allows me to receive his grace. When I talk about grace, grace and mercy seem to go hand in hand lots of times. But grace is receiving the things I do not deserve. Mercy is not receiving the things I do deserve. In the Old Testament, there's lots of times where God being merciful didn't destroy all of Israel. When Moses came down from the mountain with the Ten Commandments in his hands, they were worshiping a golden calf. Something they were told and they knew not to do already. God had just spoken to this humongous group of people and told them, don't do this thing. You will have no God before me. And that's exactly what they did as soon as they had an opportunity. They turned to that. And he told Moses, turn away. I'm going to wipe out all these people and I'm going to make the kingdom your people people from your loins, people from your generation. Those are going to be my people. And Moses begged him, please don't. Show them mercy, and God did. Moses could only talk to God by the grace of God. He wasn't a perfect man, but he could talk to God by his grace. <clears throat> okay, in Philippians uh, 3, 9, no longer count on being saved by doing good enough or by obeying the laws of God, but by trusting Christ to save me. For God's way of making us right uh, with himself depends on faith and counting on Christ alone. We have nothing else to count on than Christ. I can do a lot of things. When I'm on a job site building a house or doing anything like that, I have enough skill, enough talent, enough strength, I can still build things and I know what I'm doing. I can put things together, I can take a pile of wood and turn it into a beautiful structure. Um, those are things, the skills that I have that I obtained because I practiced. And I learned from people older than me, people ahead of me that knew more than I did. I learned, and that's how I got to be a carpenter that could do those things. We do that in all of our life, all of those things. I learned those things before I was a Christian. I was 41 years old before the Lord, my Savior, was my Lord. I'm only a little older than that now, two or three or 20-some years. But throughout that time, after I accepted Christ as my Savior, made him my Lord, then I learned to count on Christ alone. That there's so many things that I could do 
and so many things I can do, but if I count on Christ alone, the task is so much easier. There are so many more things I can do. I don't have any education in dealing with people, but I deal with gobs of people all the time. I deal with a lot of hurting people all the time. And I have no education to do that. But God gives me this justification, this righteousness, this grace that I can pour into other people's lives and actually do the right thing and support those people uh, when they need the help. Uh, therefore, this is Romans 5, 1 and 2. Therefore, having been justified by faith, uh, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, though we, uh, uh, though, uh, through whom we also have obtained our introduction by faith into this grace in which we stand and we celebrate in hope of the glory of God. So when those things happen, when I get to do those things, the hope that I see there in my own, that I feel in myself and see in other people's eyes, this is the hope to the glory of God because I didn't do it. My mouth was there, my body was there, I hugged people, I took care of people, but I don't have the capacity to really take care of people and love people. I need to have that relationship with Christ so that's the way I can do what I get to do. Um, <clears throat> now, uh, God's gift, God's gift of grace, God's love, he doesn't force that on us. He doesn't say, you have to take this. He doesn't grab you by the collar and say, you're going to follow me. He wants you just to accept the invitation to come into this grace, come into this love that he's got poured out for all of us. He wants us to accept that. Um, <clears throat> in Romans 5, 8, but God demonstrates his love towards us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Us. That first song we sang gave me goosebumps because it talked about when I was a sinner, Christ died for me. When I think about that, all my sin, all those things that weigh me down and bring me to a place where I am so disgusted with myself. Uh, I don't know if other people feel the same way. I know people that have walked just really uh, wonderful, seemingly perfect lives, but when they really think about the sin that's dragging them out of heaven and putting them into this planet and making them stay here and locked up and trapped, when we think about, I think about that, it crushes me. It crushes me. But then I think about, God loved me that much that he gave up his son, a perfect man, to die for a man that is absolutely nowhere even close to being able to even, I can't even understand how perfect is. I can't actually, I'd never accomplish it. Uh, no matter how much I try, no matter how much I learn, no matter how much I do. Uh, you know, because of this, I can truly love other people. God. Because God loves us first. It's not because I came to him 
but it's because he came and got me. um, And this is why uh, we can truly forgive others because God first forgave us. And what did God, I just went through the list of stuff that God's forgiven me. And he does that over and over again. He doesn't just forgive me my depravities and my sins. He forgets them. And I come back to God and say, God, I did it again. He says, what? You did what again? He wants me to confess what I did. Because he's forgotten. It's put away. It no longer exists. I'm covered with the blood of Jesus Christ, and that's what he sees. So when I'm begging for forgiveness, it's already there for me. But I have to confess that. So, in order for me to love people, I have to be able to forgive people. To tell you the truth, I don't like hardly anybody. I really don't. You people are sick. Because if you're, if you're hanging around me, you're really sick. Uh, well, birds of a feather flock together. And I'm all quack, quack, quack. You know, if you look like a duck, you walk like a duck, you're a duck. Um, um, that, thank you for your sense of humor. Hopefully you understand what I mean. It's, I don't really have a capacity to like a lot of people. But I have a capacity to tell this whole room full of people that I love you. And I do love you. And that's something that doesn't go away. God gave me that as this gift of grace He gave me this ability just to look at somebody and say, I don't care where you're from, what you've done, where you're going, I love you. I talked to a man that to the most part was demon-possessed. I can't call it anything else. He was either in a psychotic episode or something, but this man was demonic. His eyes would roll back up in his head, and he was screaming at me, and I said the name of Jesus, and he about lost it. They told me, I hate that name, I hate that name, don't say it again. And so I knew, let's say it again. We had a conversation after all the screaming and hollering. We had a conversation, and I realized that this is really not this guy's fault. And I felt compassion for him. I felt care for him. He disrupted a group of people that I take care of and made it dangerous for other people that I had to step, it up, step in the way. And I still, by the end of our conversation, I told him, you may not believe in Jesus, but he believes in you. And believe it or not, I know he loves you because I do too. And I invite him to come back. He hasn't come back, but that's not my problem. That's Jesus' problem. That's not I offered that, because, and I don't have a capacity to do that. I wanted to grab this guy by the throat and carry him out of the building. And I didn't. But that's the grace of God to stop that from happening. Uh, I did not want to go off on that trail, but I did it anyway. <clears throat> we bear with one another. <clears throat> with, we bear with one another and forgive each other. How, uh, whoever has a complaint against anyone Just as the Lord forgave you, so also you should forgive. That cuts clearly quick because there's so many times I don't want to. I don't want to. I'm rather, I would most of the time rather 
be confrontational and assault people and chase them away and never talk to them again. Um, but because I'm forgiven, I have that capacity to forgive. Isn't that a wonderful thing? Just if you think about that, having a capacity to share what you've been given by God to somebody that absolutely doesn't deserve it, just like you don't deserve getting it from God, being able to share that with them and really feel that, that's an amazing thing. <clears throat> it doesn't get me any money. It doesn't make me any taller or prettier, and I can't dance any better. But there's something that happens in my heart that I've done what the Lord had planned for me to do. That's my whole goal anyway. That's my goal, looking toward the glory of God and the glory that I'm invited into because of his grace. <clears throat> and Ephesians 2.5, uh, though, we though we were spiritually dead because of the things we did against God, he gave us a new life with Christ. You have been saved by God's grace. He gave us that new life, not for ourselves. He gave us that new life for the people around us, for the people sitting in the congregation with you, the people that are going to fail and fall, the people that are going to hurt you, the people that are going to fight against you. He gave us that new life so these people might see that you have it and they might be attracted to that. Um, I know I don't deserve God's love, but the good news is he accepts me in spite of myself. I've, to I've told a lot of stories about myself throughout the years and I've told hundreds and hundreds, maybe thousands of people just how depraved I am. Just the kind of man that God saved at 41. Um, but accept me anyway. And so he knows everything. Oh, he knows every time I'm going to fail, he knows when I have, and he knows when I'm doing it, and he knows when I'm going to do it. <clears throat> but he loves me anyway. The good news is, that's true for all of us. If you've accepted Christ into your life, that's the good news for you. He's accepted you completely and totally and knows everything, no matter what you think is hidden. When it comes to Christ, he's light in all that is revealed there. <clears throat> Christ paid my price. Jesus died on the cross so that our sins and our wrongs were forgiven. He paid the price uh, sacrifice himself for you and for me so that we may be with him forever. Not just a weekend, not just for a couple of days or a month or a year, not for this lifetime, but forever. <clears throat> when we accept Christ's work on the cross, uh, we are made a new creation. We then, or we can then uh, rely on God's strength and power and <clears throat> to enable us to forgive others. So, and we can set aside our, selfish, our selfishness and, and speak the truth in love. 
I'm a selfish, selfish man. But when it comes back to the truth of the gospel, when it comes back to the truth of Christ, I can speak that in a way that lets people know that I'm in love with Jesus. And I want you to be in love with Jesus too. I want that passion that you felt the first time that you dated your wife or your new, your spouse or the passion that you had for your new motorcycle or car or whatever that is. I want to be magnified some 10 times, if not more, that you can understand what this love is. Um, you speak that love in truth and people will be drawn to you no matter who or what you are. Because it's not you anymore. It's Christ coming through you, speaking to them what God wants them to hear. There's so much of that that I can't understand. I can't fathom the things that God's already allowed me to do. And I know that he still has plans for me to do more. I can't even imagine what that could be, but I know it's coming. And the only thing I can attribute that to is to the grace of God, because he gave me the faith to have the grace that these things might happen and I might show and share that grace with other people. <clears throat> this everlasting gift, you know, once you've accepted Christ as your Savior and Lord, God's gift of grace is forever. Uh, and this is in Philippians 1.6. And I am sure that God, who began a good work within you, will keep right on helping you grow in his grace until his task within you is finally finished on the day that Jesus Christ returns. He's going to work with me, for me, through me, even after I'm dead and gone until Jesus Christ comes back here and he comes to get me and take me home. Because I'm going home. I know I'm going home. That's because of the faith and the grace that God's given me. Um, also in 2 Thessalonians uh, 2.16 states, uh, My Lord Jesus Christ himself, the God, or, or, the God our Father, encourage uh, let's see, let me start over. May our Lord Jesus Christ himself and God and Father encourage you and strengthen you in every good thing you do and say, uh, God loved us and, though his, and through his grace, he has given us good hope and encouragement and continues forever. Even when I don't feel it even when I don't care, even when I'm mad at God. He doesn't draw away from me. He doesn't pull back. Even when I turn around and walk or run away from God, he is never more than a turnaround to be right back in his presence. He's never more away than that. I hate to admit it, but I'll do that sometimes. Greed will draw me out. Pride will tell, pull me away. Lust will, will make me do things I should never do or think things I should never think. Those things, that stuff, that selfishness, the envy that I feel for other people and their lives and their things that they have and can do, 
those things all draw me away from God, but he's always right there as soon as I say, Lord, my pride's got me in trouble again. Help me. He says, again, your pride's got you in trouble, but you're forgiven. You're saved. That quick. Um, so, grace has gotten really clear to everybody in the room, right? Has it? Yeah. It's still like mud to me. Because I'm getting, I'm getting the most wonderful gift I could ever, I can't even imagine to ask for this gift. And I'm still getting it daily. Even with all the stuff, I still get that. Um, I don't understand. Why the creator of the universe, the God that is forever and ever and has been and never will fade away, that he's cared about me that much, that he's left me the word of God, that I can open it up and I can be right next to him. I can read what Jesus said to his disciples and his apostles. I can see in my mind and imagine the torture that he went through, the things that he endured because of me. How many of those, sla those lashes that Christ took were mine? Um, yeah, I don't... I don't profess to be a, a, a smart guy or have a, a great knowledge or understanding of any of this at all. The only thing I do have is the Word of God. And I'll rest on that. Because I can't physically put my hands on God and bring Him to you and show you and all. But I can rest on the knowledge that I have through the Word of God. This is the growth in that I pray for this church. That kind of growth that continues that way because as it, once it starts, growing is inevitable and it just continues until its end. And then our end is Christ, which that's a great way to end. Um, let me see. For you have been chosen by God himself. You are priests of the king. You are holy and pure and you are God's very own all, all this so that you may show to others how God called you out, in, out of the darkness into his wonderful light. Once you were less than nothing, now you are God's own. Once you knew very little of God's kindness, now your very lives have been changed by it. What a gift. What grace. What can. There's nothing I can do that would ever, ever equal to what God's done for me. There's nothing that I can give. There's nothing. All, and all He really wants is me to worship Him. And I don't even have to do that. He wants me to love people. I don't even have to do that. He's given me that ability and made it so delightful that I can't not do that. That's how I feel about the worship that we're going to be having here pretty soon. That's, a, that's a, like a, a, a segue, kind of. <laughs> I stand before you a product of God's grace. 
Everyone here who has let Christ into his or her life is a product of God's grace. As we model this grace, we will be able to do things that God has called us to do. Unimaginable things. Things that you can't even dream or ask for. Things you may not even ever know on this world that you've done. When those gold bricks in heaven that each one of you are laying because you share the love of Christ, you're laying a gold brick on a street somewhere. When those are all laid out, you're going to get to see those in that day. That day at the end, the day when we are His only. And there's no more of this world, there's no more of this struggle, there's no more of this suffering or distress that we go through here. We're going to see what God did with the little bit that we gave. I think about uh, the lady with the two menace. Now, Jesus was watching these people bring treasure, lots of treasure, but they were giving out of their abundance. This lady showed up a widow and gave all she had with two minutes. It would have been about a penny. And she gave more than all those others because she gave out of her poverty everything. That's what I want to give Christ. Out of my poverty as a human being, I want to give him everything and let him have control. Well, let's close with Colossians 6, 1, or 1, 6. All over the world, this gospel is bearing fruit and growing just as it has been doing among you since the day you heard it and understood God's grace in all its truth. Lord, please, fill us with that understanding of your grace, even though it's unfathomable even though we don't deserve it, that you would be our God and King, that you would forever, forever hold us near to you, all of us, Lord. If there's anyone in this place that hasn't received Christ and hasn't got that passion and love for Christ in their heart, please, Lord, bring them to us now that we might help, that we might assist in some way of opening up that the door uh, that uh, allowing Christ to come in. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You're listening to an audio message from The Well, a gospel-centered church family in Hastings, Nebraska that exists to grow disciples and glorify God. For more information, please visit www.thewellhastings.com.